Hey there, welcome to Cocktails and Cliteture, the podcast that's all about bringing the heat. It's time we talk about the smuttiest and spiciest books in town. And trust me, we're not holding back anything. I'm your host, Constance, and together we're diving head first into a world of litlicious pleasure where we celebrate the power of our inner goddesses and embrace the magic of our curves. Get ready to slay those pages, ladies, because this ain't your grandma's book club, okay? We're breaking down barriers, smashing stereotypes, and owning our sensuality like nobody's business. It's all about empowerment, upliftment, and unapologetic self-love. We've got the inside scoop you don't want to miss. This is Girl Talk at its finest. So gather your bestie, tune in, and let's go on a wild, sassy, and unapologetic ride together. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Cocktails and Cliteture. I'm your host, Constance, and I'm absolutely thrilled that you're joining us today. We have an incredible new indie author in our midst, Calista Neath. She's the talented author behind Invoking the Blood, a tantalizing blend of spicy, smutty fantasy romance. It's got all those juicy little tidbits we all love over here. We're super excited to have you here, Calista. Now, you can't have cocktails in literature without a cocktail. So what are we drinking today? Well, <laughs> Calista's got some water over there. Because I don't drink, I'm boring. <laughs> we were, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to say like, you know, a little vodka, no chaser, but that would be too much vodka. So... <laughs> So yeah, she's got her mocktail over there and I am drinking a dark and stormy, which Calista said would be a perfect compliment and pairing to invoking the blood. So Calista, this is your first book. How excited are you? I'm very excited. It's been received like beyond what I could ever imagine. And I'm just, I'm so ecstatic and happy to have my book out in the world. Yeah, good, good, good. In your book, Invoking the Blood, it's a steamy and tantalizing dark fantasy romance about vampires. And you know, I never really read a lot of books about vampires. So I was fascinated by the world that you created with him. It is just the biting is so sexual and so yeah, uh, it is all yeah, biting is very sexual and they feed is like all sex. <laughs> okay, I'm just like, Oh, my God, we like to start over here at cocktails and literature with some fun games to get to know you a little bit more and to actually get to know more about your characters. How would you describe your book? So my my book is uh, Invoking Bloods and Enemies to Lovers in a Dark Fantasy setting with Hades, Persephone vibes and vampires. So if that's your thing. I'm your girl. Oh, all right. So I know you're all into the smut after reading Invoking the Blood. <laughs> I love, 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 love. So let's get into this rapid fire game. Now, it is going to be a little spicy, a little smutty. So I hope you're prepared for that. Love game. Right. I'm good. I'm prepared. <laughs> oh, do you? Oh, excellent. So the first one up is how would you describe Faye and Sparrow's kinks? So Faye would, because Faye is more controlling, she would be more into like restraints and being the more dominant. She wants to be in control to feel comfortable. So she mm -hmm. would be like more into rope and restraints. And she has, she likes the horse crop kind of thing. Um, Sparrow Ooh. is... Sparrow is into everything because she wants to know what everything feels like. So she's down for everything once, at least, maybe twice, because she might have been drunk the first time. So so Sparrow is like ready for anything. All right. I don't know 
about the rope tying. I could try it though. I, I've heard that, you know, that could be a really cool thing and you get to be in control and then you can like spank and smack and right. I'm like all those funny yeah, things. Me up. I don't want to tie you up. I'm, I'm very late in the bedroom. <laughs> you know, there's something to be said by a little bit of like manhandling or someone else handling, you know, because you can like just relax and enjoy it. But at the same time, you know, it, it's kind of nice to be like, I'm going to tie you up tonight, you know, mm-hmm. and you go to see what I'm all about. So, all right. I like it. Okay. We also have, if they had to reverse BDSM roles and she was the sub, how do you think she would act? Would she be a good girl and follow all the rules or would she be a bad girl and disbehave? So for her to be a sub, she, you would need to have her trust. So if you, if she trusted you, she'd be a very good girl. So she would behave. Okay. She'd be very Okay. Nice. All right. I can't. I don't know. I, I kind of see her as being really nice. But at the same time, there's this like strong woman inside that just says like, I want what I want and I want it now and I'm going to take it. And I love that about her. <laughs> Did a good job. Okay. So number three, have you ever fantasized about a fictional character? Oh my God. So many. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite? I do. So my my queen is uh, Cressley Cole and her vampire Lothair. Oh, my God. He's tall, blonde, and psychotic. And that's my type. <laughs> I know Rune is uh, he's tall and a little psychotic, but he also has like some very long silverish kind of hair. Right? White hair. He's, it's he's, all white. He's my, my pull from Shoshomaru. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So you'll have to tell me what it is. It's, it's an anime from when I was little. So it was Inuyasha. Okay. So okay. Inuyasha, they, they both had like, they were brothers. One of them had like white hair and dog ears and the other one was like older and broody and he had like long white hair and my Shishomaru girlies, they'll know. <laughs> awesome. I'll have to check that out. All right. Uh, okay. So number four, what's the sexiest scene that you have ever written? And it could be your new book or any book that you've ever written. So the I'm I'm writing book two. So the in the beginning where of book one where they break into the hunter's moon and it's like a big vampire orgy. So then mm-hmm. moon rolls around again when the vampires are all like hot and bothered and they want blood and sex and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So so Rune mm-hmm. is affected this time around. So the hunter's moon scene in book two is the sexiest thing I've I've written. So it's it's three mm-hmm. chapters long. She is trying to get Rune to like to to participate with her because it's a vampire mm-hmm. holiday. It's like the vampire's only holiday and it's very sacred to them. So she's trying to give that to him and he's like, you don't, you don't want this. So she goes like, oh, well, you're a hunter, so you're predatory. I'm going to run from you and you're going to like that, right? So she does that and then she gets it. <laughs> There's something to be said by being pursued. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Chase me down. Mm-hmm. I like it. How badly do you really want it? <laughs> right. You have to catch me first and then, and then. Then we can do the things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Show me that you're worth it. Okay, so we got that. Number five is how do you describe the sexual journey of your characters? So I'm a method writer. um, And what that means is that I have to be in the headspace of my characters. So they're very, they're they're very fleshed out characters. Like Faye, for instance, is very, she's an orphan. So like she has no family. She is she doesn't have magic, so she's an outcast from society. So the only card that she has left that she can play is her body, her sexuality. She keeps that very close to the chest. So when I when I was doing her like sexual progression, that's why she like ties her up in the beginning because she has to be in control to be able to feel comfortable to explore this this avenue to where she doesn't feel like she's just giving it away. She's it's on her terms. And then as she gets mm-hmm. more comfortable with Rune and Boschke, then like as the book progresses, you'll see her give up more and more control. And then she ends up on a desk. <laughs> 
<laughs> you were like, I was like, what's that scene? Because I really love that scene. Was it a table? You're like, oh, the death scene. I'm death queen, like, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, because that starts there, but. Right? The death rune is always sitting at. Yes, that, that desk right there. Yeah, I like it. You got to check this book out because that's some naughty, naughty stuff over there. <laughs> so how do you outline your foreplay? Because, you know, there's a lot leading up to that interaction with Rune and Vashi when she finally gave in and, you know, they had their sexual moment. So that was exciting to see. How do you write the foreplay? Like, how does that progression work for you? So I, I don't think I'm right in the head because I see like whole ass movies like I hallucinate wildly. So like I see them doing all these things. I just write it down and it's a lot. What do you have in the book is much shorter than what I see in my head because I can't just keep Ooh. writing that they fucked and fucked and fucked and fucked and fucked because it's going to get boring. So I got to like cut down yeah. what they're doing. So but mm-hmm. yeah, the, the unedited shit that goes around in my head is a lot worse than what's in the book. <laughs> so I see it like I just okay, these two are characters coming together, so I'll just see them, like, do their thing, and I just take incident report. (laughs) So do you practice the moves, like you're saying, okay, Faye's in this position, like, ass up, you know, head's here, room's here, Vashti's there, like, are you like, will that really work? You know, like, for instance. I do. (laughs) Okay, okay. What is that like? My husband is like, the fuck? (laughs) You're like, I'm lighting here. I love it now. It'll be okay, cool. So I need you to do this. And so like, I, I'll be like this. And then <laughs> and he'll be like, we're going to get some. And he's, I'm like, no, I'm writing. I just got to figure out this thing. Okay, I'll be back. <laughs> just like teasing him over there. Yeah. So he's like, are you done writing? Are you done writing? Right, exactly. Are you done? And so when, I'm done, when I come out of my, because I have an office, right? It's like my little black office, my hole that I hide in. So when I come out, he's like, so what would you write about? <laughs> so anytime I come out, he's like ready to go. <laughs> That's cool. I I feel like, you know, some men are always ready to go. So it's like, I've seen you walking around all sexy. Now you're turning around bending over and doing all this other stuff for this book. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> um, rate Faye, Sparrow, and Rune, and Vashki's freak level. So here at Cocktails and Cliterature, we like to say, okay, you know, all of our books that we really look at are going to be a spice level of three and above. And you definitely fit that. So um, I want to know, like, how do you, like, rate them? Like, Rune, what is he like? What is he like? like? One to five or one to ten? Where are we? Where's the scale? <laughs> three and up. Three to yeah. five. Three okay, to five. Okay. Three to five. Uh, yeah. Yay is like a, I would say she's a three and a half. Sparrow is like a 20. because she's, she's just wild. She'll do anything. Sparrow's like way out there. <laughs> she nasty. She's I like nasty. it. She's trying to get Vash to do stuff. She nasty. <laughs> Little freaky. She is. Vashi's like a four and a half. And mm-hmm. if Rune is honest with himself, he's like a six. But he's very not very honest with himself in the first book. Like you'll see him come out more in the second book. You'll, you'll mm-hmm. see him come out when the Hunter's Moon is up, but like he's very buttoned up. Okay. In every other case. But yeah, if he was honest with himself, he would he would be much worse than Vashki. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. I'm I'm excited to find out Rune, you know when he breaks out of his shell, because I was like, dang, I know he has more to give. You know, he's got this big dick like you keep talking about. <laughs> like, come on, I want to see you let loose and really get into it and like really do some good fucking. I was like, ah, Rune, get it together. I know I even DM'd you and I was like, Callista, like, come on, what is happening? And you're like, he makes up for it. I'm like, when? You know, so 
he'll, he'll make up for it. So he's, like I said, I do a lot of method writing. So like he's, he's a 3000 year old vampire. Faye is not a vampire. She's not immortal. He's afraid of hurting her. So he is very like kept to himself with her. So he's, he doesn't, okay. doesn't want to like injure her or anything. <laughs> she can take it. What does Farrell say? You know, three finger killer, yeah, right. you know, get those three fingers up in there and like make it work. If he can't do that, if you don't got that, then he ain't worth it. <laughs> I'm with her on that. All right. So speaking of uh, Rune, his penis is so fucking large. Does size matter yes. for you? Like, does yes. it really matter? <laughs> yes, it does. It does matter. Okay. It does matter. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> now, does shape matter? I don't really care. It's the size. Like, I need mm -hmm. to, like, it needs to be there. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, like, I think that's why we all love, like, these fictional characters. Because, I mean, they just do everything. Even in the beginning, like, a lot of them will be like morally gray, right? Or villains. And, you know, they've kidnapped the woman. There's all these things that happen. But towards, I would say like 70, 80%, you normally see them turn it around. And then they like fuck. And then they're like, oh my God, this is the one for me. Like she's everything. And then like after they have these like massive like orgy type sessions, then they do like aftercares and running baths and all this stuff. What is that? in the real world like yeah, what exactly and he's he's also six four so i think his stick is kind of proportional to the rest of him <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could see that his stick <laughs> so let's see um with rune and all vampires they have to please women for 30 minutes you have to make them come what for is 30 that about? minutes make them come for, for 30, 30 minutes. minutes yes so yeah <laughs> and my pretty court was like that is that is cardiac arrest. You're going to kill this girl. <laughs> I think if I would want, like have oral and be fucked and having to come for 30 minutes straight like that. I don't know. And then you would be good. And then you'd be like, good job. Good job on that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even need any like penetration if I'm like getting off like that. There's some right. oral shit. I'm it's crazy. Do other things. And then Rune has like all of his shadowy appendages. So he has he has all kinds of things that you can play with. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, that phantom touch. Uh -huh. I'm all about it. Okay. So that was fun. I enjoyed that little rapid fire, finding out a little bit of the kinks that are happening with these characters that you write. Let's start with getting to know a little bit more about you because you are the writer of all this spicy smut and there's a little bit of a story behind all of this. So I want to let our listeners know What's your background? So I was I was born and raised in Hawaii, and then I moved to the mainland as soon as I turned eighteen because the bugs there are just horrendous. But so I ran away as soon as I could, and uh, I the way I grew up was very it was very sexually repressed. Like we didn't get a sex talk. It was the only way to touch you here, 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 and here. And it was like uh, being married and like being you're like a, a thing for your husband to fuck. It wasn't like you weren't supposed to enjoy it. Um, you don't talk about it, and and if, if you do enjoy it, God help you. And so like that was it was very repressing. So I I feel like and there and I've met a lot of other women who've also like gone through that same type of like oppression, I guess it would you call it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. so I want I'm I'm now very free. Like I've I've I'm older now and I've just I've I've stopped trying to cut myself in little pieces to be easier to swallow for other people. You can choke on me because I don't mm -hmm. care. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I wanted my books to be very woman empowering. They're they're claiming their sexuality. It's normalized. And that's what I want my books to represent. And that's what I want to be remembered for. That's beautiful. I think a lot of women, um, myself included, you know, are 
taught that being sexual and really embracing who you are as a woman, it's frowned upon or it's something that we should hide. My talk was like, you don't have sex outside of marriage because this is it. And that was it. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that was it. Oh, and don't masturbate because that's a sin too. <laughs> yeah. We need to get that. Like, no one said shit about masturbating. Nobody said anything. They were like, what? No, we don't know her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got it all. We got it all. We were like, we were supposed to be nuns until we got married. And then, then what happens? I don't know. I don't know. But I digress. Let's keep going. All right. So are you a full-time writer? No. So I have, Um, when I wanted to, when I was younger, I've always wanted to be a writer. Like I've had this invoking blood I've had since I was 14. So I've always wanted to be a writer. And so when I graduated high school and I wanted to like go out and, and pursue my artistic avenues, my family was like, you know, it's a starving artist, right? They call it that for a reason. You mm-hmm. get a real job. Blah, 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 blah. So, so I did the responsible thing. I went out and got like my real job and I have a very cushy position now. So I've gone to the point in my life where I'm comfortable and I have the time to be able to do the things that like are my passion. So now I'm writing and I'm just going to keep my cushy job because, because pension. <laughs> when did you start like cooking up all these like delicious pots that you've created for us to read? Like where did these thoughts come from? So I initially like, so the first incarnation of vampires that I saw that I, that I like consumed when I was younger, they were like impotent and biting was their sexual thing. So like they, they like typically you see vampire movies, like back in the day, like they didn't, they didn't have uh-huh. sex. They were fucking, they're just biting you. And that was their, their form of penetration. Right. So I was like, I like that, but I want them to still fuck. And I also want them to like, I want it to still be like really sexual. So I cooked all that together. And then I also wanted, because there's like so many vampire books and stories out there, I wanted mine to be set apart. So I mm-hmm. made my purebloods have a, like how werewolves will have a, a beast. I have my purebloods having a revoshnik. So it's a, uh, we mm-hmm. came up with that word um, with a uh, hishnik is a predator in Russian and then ravenous. So I put it together. So it's a revoshnik and that's like their bloodlust. So it's a different personality. So it's like an Eddie and Venom situation. So they argue with each other mm-hmm. and whatnot. So there's two men in one body, essentially. And then they all have robots. So all the pure bliss do. So like Lissa also has a Ravashnik. So when her book comes out, you guys will see her Ravashnik too. <laughs> and, and hers is very different from Boshki. <laughs> and oh, so, okay. And so I wanted I wanted mm-hmm. it to be charged in that way. So I I had I added like their biting and their drinking to to like replicate sex as well. So it feels like mm-hmm. they're fucking you when they're drinking. That's amazing. I always find the minds of writers to be so fascinating because you said before when we were talking that, you know, this story and these characters have kind of been with you since you were 14. And, you know, having a story in my mind for that long would, I don't know. I think it, it's just, it's just fascinating. Like, you know them and um, yeah, yeah, they're like real people to you. Yeah, they are definitely real people to me. And I have like, I have 6,000 years of history for them in my head. It is ridiculous. And then I have like, three other series and it's like yeah it's just it's wild like i haven't had them for as long they're like six or seven years old but like the invoking the blood they have chaos and darkness that one is has been with me since like puberty <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is so amazing okay so we are gonna go up a little bit in the spice level i'm gonna take a little like sippy it. sip like it yeah me too <laughs> mm-hmm loosen it up so if you're listening out there and you got your dark and stormy or your mocktail dark and stormy or you're drinking something that you just have on hand 
it's time to like take a little sip because we're about to get a little a little heated over here so that's right Mm -hmm. you like it you like it okay uh so with so many smutty novels out there about romance but mostly about the fucking we can't we can't get away from the yeah, fucking like yeah, it's all you know, we're, we, yeah. so for cocktails and literature i'm just gonna tell you when we read a book and there is nothing and like they leave you on this cliffhanger and they didn't do oral they didn't have any uh, type oh, of sexual in the book it's so hard it will be like cracked yes, into my wall right. yeah exactly <laughs> sometimes sometimes if the story is really good I will write it out to the second book. But if I get to that second book and And like I'm halfway there and there's no fucking, I'm like, I'm done. Just be like, I gave it, I gave it a go. (laughs) Gave it a go, but that's it for me. Okay. So maybe I might check you out for your next, you know, your next uh, release for these authors, but I gotta have it. Like, you know, Mm. I need uh, the spice. I cannot read a book without. I need. I need the spice in there, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, especially if you're like a slow, slow burn writer, right? You're able to build us up and create that angst and that tension. And so, as that is building, we're really invested in this situation. Like, are they going to kiss? Are they going to touch? Are they going to fuck? You know? And then, and then you left hanging. And you're nothing. like, what? Like, but, what? Yeah, yeah, but that didn't happen with you, and no. I was pleasantly, <laughs> pleasantly satisfied. So I had to see all to like the middle of the yeah. book, and then I started giving some to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I expected it around that around that time. You know, you got to develop the characters. You got to yeah. really get us invested and b- bought into the story and the world that they're living in, especially in uh, fantasy romance. So, in your personal um, history, do you have specific types of kinks that you put into the book or is it all just exploratory from things that you've seen on tv that you've read in books that you uh you've seen on hentai like is it a combination or is it like just pure fantasy things that you think would be cool or you wonder about and you like you know what this could be cool i'm gonna do some research and i'm gonna put it in the book so there so it it goes back to my writing style because i because i'm a method writer i i sit with the character and i sit in their mind frame and what would they like? Like, what would turn them on? Because, like, having having Rune wanting to be a sub would make no fucking sense, right? Because mm-hmm. because of what he is, mm-hmm. there's like there's there's no way. But mm-hmm. he would he's a switch, so he would do that for Faye. Like, if Faye wanted him to to be tied up, he would be tied up for Faye because he would do anything for her. So mm-hmm. it's the the kinks and everything are very reflective of the character themselves. And then, mm-hmm. um, like Faye was super hard to write. Like, I had such a hard time writing Faye because she is the complete opposite of me. Like. I just, oh my god she was a pain in the ass but she came out so good but lord I hated her sometimes you did. <laughs> I was like bitch just like hit it and she was like no <laughs> like, just get it together Faye like come on now you, he's laid it all out there you've been going back and forth with him like come on it's time for you to embrace that and just let loose I wanted to talk a little bit more about Faye because you have such a way with creating kick-ass characters because she starts out not being so much of, you know, an independent, well, she's always independent, but really owning, you know, that independence and who she is. She struggles with that sometimes, right? So how were you able to write her, but then also write Sparrow, who is her sister, who is like totally opposite, right? And 
How does how does that happen? I'm curious. So Sparrow is actually a watered down version of my bestie. So Sparrow, let me say that again. Sparrow is a watered down version of my bestie. So she's worse. <laughs> Sparrow is. <laughs> she's loving this. I'm sure. Go ahead. We want to know. And I met her when I was like 18. She was life changing. She was yeah. She's she's my little rock. I love her. But yeah, she's the Sparrow that you guys read about is not my Sparrow. She's she's way way worse. <laughs> but. But I feel like every oh, friend group has that. Like every every like friend dynamic, you're gonna have the one that's responsible that tries to do the right thing, and you're gonna have like the really wild one that wants to do everything the wrong thing all the time at at every second, <laughs> and wants to drag the responsible one with them. <laughs> so with me and Sparrow, but the, the real Sparrow, I was the responsible one and shit down the internal okay. all the time. <laughs> but, so you did you did have a little bit of Faye in you when it came when it came to the responsibility. Yeah, so so choosing so choosing to be the good girl and to do like mm-hmm. the right thing that that's mm-hmm. very much comes out of me. Like, and I wanted I also wanted Faye to carry like the because I don't see a lot of representation. This is the reason why I got into writing to begin with to to like put this book out there was because the uh, there's so little representation when I was like when I was younger when I was coming up and reading books and whatnot. Like people who look like us were never the main character. Like we mm-hmm. Faye never chose us. The prince was never gonna fuck us. We were like, yeah. if we were lucky, we got, we were like just the help or we got sacrificed. Yeah. It was like one or the other. We were like, it was those kind of things happened to our kind of characters. Absolutely. And, and I wanted one to where like this little Asian girl is the, is the main character. This is who you're going to follow around. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. worthy of love and, and she's worthy of destiny and all these other things. And that's what I wanted to give because that's what I wanted to see when I was younger. Like that would have made me mm-hmm. not feel so alone. So I, mm-hmm. I it made me feel it. Having seen all that and like the beauty standard that they they pushed upon us when like and this is like thirty years ago was very different than it is today. But there's still a lot of work still to be done. So I want to be the yeah. change I want to see in the book industry. So that's why I'm mm. pushing this. That's wonderful. You are so right, and it's really difficult. Like it's nice to be able to escape escape into these worlds where you know anything and everything is possible. But at the same time, if you don't read about characters who look like you um, and you can relate to in on a deeper level, sometimes, you know, it it takes away from the story a little bit because I've read certain books and they might have a best friend or like you said, or a servant that's, you know, their friend and, you know, the confidant is there to support them. But but you're missing them being the main character. And so. I love that you are able to do that for other POCs and then, you know, also representing the indie, you know, industry because that's lacking there too. And so they're they're coming aboard and a lot of the POCs are indie, right? But they need a platform and they need people to buy the books and to really to really understand why it's so important for for everyone to be represented. Yes, definitely. And and just to, to touch on that real quick, because um, I, I do Barnes and Noble signings and I'm pretty successful with them because I'm, I'm a little hustler. So um, I'm actually Come making down. a I'm making a, um, a initiative, I guess I would call it. Um, it's going to be called Calista's Book Talk Baddies, not Book Talk. I'm sorry. Calista's BIPOC Baddies. And it's okay. going to be a listing of like BIPOC creators and authors and narrators and whatever you do in the book industry. If you're BIPOC, I want your name. I'm going to make a piece of art that has like a little uh, QR code on it. 
And I'm mm-hmm. going to have it linked to a, my website where I have like your link and it'll go to like your book or where, wherever you want it to go to, like your your website, mm-hmm. your your narration, whatever. And I'm going to hand that out in every place that I muscle my way into because I'm I'm very like ambitious. I'm very business oriented. So like mm-hmm. I, I live at Barnes & Noble. I'm always doing signings there. So I'm just going to hand it out to everybody. And eventually someone will click it and then we're going to have more spotlights. That's what I'm going to do. That is amazing. We definitely have to like jump on that and be part of your group. This is definitely what I want to do. It's like, I need to drag everybody up with me. We're all going. Come on. There's a lot of substance to all of us ladies, right? We got, especially being a POC. And, you know, there's a lot of backstory mm-hmm. to a lot of the things that we deal with. Mm-hmm. So segueing into a little bit more about the book, Rune has a huge, huge, huge cock. Because Faye deserves huge. it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, she does. She worships, like, yes, she does. And he has a huge cock. <laughs> so so you mentioned the word cock 34 times in the book. Because that's my favorite word. I don't like dick. I don't like length. I don't like, I will never say velvet wrapped steel. It will never come out of my mouth. Oh my, I've never heard that before. And I've read a lot of books. Wow. I was like, shut the book, throw it away. One way to describe a penis <laughs> is just fascinating. Okay, anyway. <laughs> So we love the way that you empower through your sex scenes. Like, how do you write those characters? So the way it's it's more than the characters, it's the whole society. So I, I've i sat back and I've thought about, like, how I want the world to to be in a, um, how I would want the world if, like, if, if I could change everything, if I was God, how I would change the world. So I would want women to be able to to express themselves sexually and not to be like worried about being judged or this is not normal or or even how like in in our world here like how we have to like usually it's the women who are expected to do like sexual favors to move up in like life and in anywhere like in your even in jobs and everything so like you're you're expected to like put up with a certain amount of flirting and like a certain amount of people touching you and like so that's all he's just being nice no fuck that shit so Mm -hmm. i like Mm -hmm. consent is really important to me so like i made the i made the whole like don't fucking touch me thing like a thing in my book so like they can't they can't physically touch you until you touch them first and Mm -hmm. even because i also Mm -hmm. write like same-sex couples so it's just whoever the stronger one is yeah i realized that when i was reading your book and i was really touched i thought it was a wonderful way to represent the consent aspect of the story. I really love that. So I've been talking about this little three-way that Faye is having with Rune and Mashki. And I want our listeners to know about what I read in the book. And since Callista is releasing her first Audible, she has a special treat for us. She brought her narrators to the show to read for us a portion of my favorite scene in the book. Welcome, Ali Shea and Corbin King. It is a delight to meet you. Now, Callista, take it away. Um, so this is the the last uh love scene. So something happens. It was a big traumatic experience. That the the act three breakup is real, and then this is start coming back now. And her and Rune and Vashki are about to make up. You could have us both. Vashki whispered. Could she? Faye had been with them. They were both present when they made love to her and long into the night. Faye's flesh deepened as her blood heated, pooling between her legs. It would be like the phantom touch they'd both used on her. 
Would you like us to worship you? Vashke asked. She straightened, meeting Rune's gaze. He watched her, neither giving nor demanding. Vashki was obviously willing, while Rune seemed undecided. Are you okay with this? she asked. His hand slid down her thigh. I would give you anything you desire, as long as it is your desire, and not the creature's. Rune said, the last arching a brow as he glanced over her head. Fay leaned forward, bringing her lips a moment from his. He's not a creature, she whispered. You both belong to me. Rune's lips met hers. A brief touch, slow and inviting, before he pulled back. Fay followed him, sighing as her lips met his. He caressed her jaw, his fingers trailing into her hair. He pulled her in, tilting her head up. He kissed her with a possessive hunger, claiming her mouth with each stroke of his tongue. Faye's nails bit into his chest, scraping over the dark material of his shirt. She moaned into Rune's kiss. His hands held her close while others caressed her. She rocked against Rune's thigh as a gentle touch slid up the nape of her neck, tangling in her hair. The hand pulled Faye's hair tight, and her breath caught, breaking her kiss. Faye let him guide her head back, staring into Voshki's dark gaze. Rune nipped and licked down the length of her exposed throat. Faye's lips parted as her breath shallowed, more intense than when they teased her with a phantom touch. She could feel their heat, their longing, hear their breaths and groans as they touched her. Wow, how wonderful. So <laughs> um, I wanted to ask Lista about toys because, you know, when we're talking about female sexuality and exploring and finding out who you are, you know, as a woman, sometimes for me at least, um, I noticed that toys were a really, really great option to explore some of those things and find out, you know, what I liked. So I wanted to know, Callista, do you have any favorite toys? Do you use toys? Like, what's that about? Like Everybody has a drawer, right? So my, my husband found my drawer and he's like, why do you have so many of these things? You only have two fucking hands. So yeah, that, that's my answer to my question. <laughs> I have a, a drawer. I mean, I know I do. <laughs> but but they're not always all charged. So, you know, it's sometimes right. I'm it's like, like I'm ready. And, <laughs> and you're, like, the worst thing is like you're in the middle of it and then it like dies. Dying. And you're like, it's, it's rage quit when that happens. Oh my God. I get so angry. <laughs> I'm like, in my drawer, is there another one in here? What's charged? It's like unintentional edging. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yes, absolutely. And then I put Warren to do like 800 different things to like make me not lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta say, my husband is the one who buys all these for me. It's like, I got you something else. So I'm like, score, let's try it out. But he got me the rose and hands down, that is my favorite toy to date. And it's not even that expensive. And I was like, it's not. Yes. And the whole, the purring thing in my book is off of the rose. So 
no. if, y'all, if y'all want to like experience Boshki and like read the book and do all that, <laughs> use the rose and you're good. <laughs> I'm having like body pillows made with uh with the prints that I sent you, so you can like hug up on the body pillow, use the rose, you'll be fine. <laughs> oh my god. I'm taking book boyfriends to the next full level. body. <laughs> it's a full body experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially after you have a little cocktail too, right? Ooh, I'm a couple of drinks. So my, I was making those right. So I'm, I make. So my husband, he sees the designs that I'm making. So he's like, "That's a, that's a dick." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's, it's a cock. He's naked." <laughs> he's like, "I swear to God, if he breaks my bed, I will fold it in half and fuck you on top of it." <laughs> it's just dying. <laughs> yes, all you need is a rose and a cocktail equals happy ending for all. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I got a little ice cream on on the top with that. You know, you use it while you're having sex at the same time, too. Yes, exactly. Mind blown. So um, so one of the other questions I had was, do you think there's a double standard when it comes to men and women expressing their sexuality? What are your thoughts on how we we can make steps to change that? Yes, I believe there is. Absolutely. And be unapologetic about it. I think that's how we change it. You are bringing light to the fact that it's not all about, you know, the male perspective. It is, you know, there are two people mm-hmm. in the act. And so how are they working together to have an amazing experience? Um, yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Is there a book that, you know, um, either, you know, Calista or Allie that you've read that really ignited your passion for female sexuality and empowerment? These. These are my, this is my queen. This is. They helped me get out of my abusive ass relationship initially. Mm-hmm. And my if you like my mm-hmm. worlds, you will love these. Read the Trigger Wings or it's really it's really dark. These are the Black Jewel um novels by Anne Bishop. And then she has her okay. more recent uh ones. Like this is from nineteen ninety eight. Okay. So this is it's like this is how old this is. <laughs> wow. And how she has um like in the same way that they have uh courts and queens and it's like a matriarchal society and the nurturer is valued just as much as the warrior. It's it's that same type of thing. Like I take it to like I put a different spin on it and I put vampires in it, so she doesn't have that, but it's the same, like she has jewels too that show magic and it's I just I fell in love with that world so much and it that this book is what saved me when I was like just in a real dark place with my stupid marriage and trying to figure out like what I wanted to be because I was told that, well, you're you're just a thing for your husband to fuck and you should just mm-hmm. be quiet and be grateful that somebody married you. And it just that's not a way to live so that it like these books gave me the backbone to be like no you can't treat me like this i'm a queen go fuck yourself and like it took a while like this happened overnight but if i can be that book for somebody else i am that's that's all i need in life that's i did my job i'm good i can die happy (laughs) all right well on that note thank you so very much calista anything else to add no No. thank you so much for having us um i'm so grateful to have my my talented voice actors they're doing my book for me and I was so happy to be here. We would be nothing without you. Your book is amazing. That's so true. Yes. You guys. I have no voices. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone out there listening, definitely pick up Invoking the Blood by Calista Neath. We had such a great time with you on the show. Thank you to your wonderful narrators that came on. Corbin King, Ali Shea, we really appreciate you. Everything that you brought. It was such a special treat. And I can't wait to have you on again. Thank you. We'll be back for a Trailblazing Bone. We'll do it again. And we will. July 11th. It comes out, yes. July 11th. Calista is releasing her next book. 
trial of lace and bone. A trial of lace and bone. So stay tuned for that. So it's been so much fun. Um, thank you for spending extra time with us today as well. Um, we really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. And that's a wrap, queens. Thank you for joining us on this litlicious journey through the world of cocktails and literature. We hope we left you feeling empowered, entertained, and ready to conquer the world one steamy book at a time. Remember, you're the queen of your own story. So keep embracing your desires, celebrating your bodies, and never apologize for being unapologetically fierce. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Cocktails and Clutterature for more tantalizing teasers, sizzling book recommendations, and plenty of spicy memes. And if you're craving an even more intimate experience, join our private Facebook group, Drinks and Kinks, where we continue the smutty romance discussions without holding anything back. Thank you for being part of our fabulous community. And until next time, keep slaying, keep sipping, and keep indulging in the pleasure of cliterature. Cheers! <laughs>